It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. I talk to the most iconic artists on the planet about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland, who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to being overlooked to being overbooked. Join me every Thursday, only on Amazon Music. Who they think you're gonna beat them bangles? It is the Lockdown Bengals Podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm recording after the national championship game in which Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers put the Clemson Tigers down, and our quarterback of the future won the game. We're going to talk about that first, but then Joe is going to get into mock draft Monday, of course. I assume we're picking Joe Burrow. I don't think this is the week to play devil's advocate. But you won't know until you listen. So we'll get into that after this first segment. And I'm just going to talk about Joe Burrow here for a while. And we're going to play his interview when he was given the Offensive Player of the Game Award directly following the game and the trophy presentation to play you into our first break of the show. Joe Burrow has led the LSU Tigers to a national championship to cap off what will likely go down in history as the greatest college quarterback season to date. His next stop is Cincinnati. Joe Burrow capped off a flawless senior campaign for the LSU Tigers with a 42-25 comeback victory over the Clemson Tigers in the national championship game. LSU trailed 17-7 early in this one with Joe Burrow getting out to a bit of a rocky start, going four for his first eight for just 25 yards before finishing the game 31 for 49 for 463 yards, five touchdowns, 58 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown. And why is all of this relevant? Well, of course, because he is expected to be the Bengals' number one draft selection in just a few months and the quarterback of the future for Cincinnati. The Ohio kid from Athens, Ohio, has answered questions all season long, going back to the first big win over Texas, leading to strong performances against Florida, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Clemson. Burrow beat four teams ranked in the top four in college football this year. Seven teams ranked in the top 10 and set a number of records on his way to doing so. He set the college football record for most touchdown passes in a season with 60. 
completing five more today after 55 coming into the game. That one passes Colt Brennan from Hawaii in 2006. He fell just short of Colt McCoy's pass completion percentage record of 76.67% at 76.2%. He'll be up there if he didn't beat Tua Tungo-Viola's highest passer passer efficiency mark from last year, and he broke the SEC passing yard record and is in the top five all-time with over 5,600 passing yards. But what he did tonight in this game against Clemson down in Louisiana will go down as a great performance in what was a great national championship game. Clemson's defensive coordinator, Brent Venable, seemed to have a good read on what Joe Burrow wanted to do, how LSU planned to attack the Clemson defense, and got a ton of unblocked pressure early in the game. And LSU's first two drives were pinned back in their own territory. They had a hard time getting anything going. There were some Twitter comments that Joe Burrow was getting outplayed by Trevor Lawrence early in the game. And despite a 4-for-8 start that I mentioned for just 25 yards, he had a 40-yard pass called back due to an illegal man downfield penalty that had no real bearing on the play. And that was an off-script play. And he also fell victim to a few drops from his receivers early on. And on some of those unblocked pressures, he just didn't have a chance. The pressure got there before anybody could even get out of their breaks. And so taking a sack or scrambling was his only option. But things changed as the game went on, and he finished the game with a very strong performance, was deadly accurate as we've seen all season, and in the first half in particular, Clemson took away the middle part of the field. And despite that, Joe Burrow chewed up Clemson's defense outside the numbers with deep accuracy throughout the game. He was accurate on five of eight of his throws targeted, 20 or more yards downfield for two touchdowns, almost a third, had one fourth touchdown that could have been dropped by Jamar Chase, just a perfect throw on the left side of the field toward the end zone. Really good downfield performance. That goes along with an opportunistic running performance that got LSU down inside the five-yard line just before the end of the first half, leading to a touchdown when they were in a third and long and might not have gotten any points out of that drive. In the second half, Burrow and LSU took care of business, holding Clemson to eight points on defense, scoring 14 of their own to win by a final score of 42-25. to And now all Joe Burrow has to decide is if he's going to go hang out at the Senior Bowl with head coach Zach Taylor and the rest of the Bengals coaching staff before he gets selected first overall in the 2020 NFL Draft. And as I promised, here is what Joe Burrow had to say after the game. And then my friend and co-host Joe Goodberry will hit you with a few rounds of a Mock Draft Monday and we'll really load up for Joe Burrow. So here's what Joe Burrow had to say after the game. How does that dream match up with what you're experiencing right now? Feels pretty good. Lots of years of hard work culminating into one moment with the best group of guys anybody could ask for. We've worked so hard for this. So many people put so much work into this from athletic trainers, equipment staff, players, coaches, chefs, dining room assistants. You know, it's, it's not just me or Coach O or the O-line. It's everybody in the, inside that building that, that gets a piece of this. Within the game tonight, when you guys go down double figures, what changed? Uh, I, 
I mean, we, there was no rah-rah speech on the sideline. There was no, hey, we got to get going. We knew what we had to do. We have a bunch of mature guys that understand the moment. We just had to go out and start executing better, and that's exactly what we did. They had a great plan coming in. Uh, once we figured it out, we started to roll, though. When you look back on this season and you've done everything is possible to do from a team standpoint, from an individual standpoint, what do you think this season, these last two years at LSU, will mean to you? It's going to mean the world. This is what I wanted to do from the time I was five years old, was host, hoist this trophy. This is Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Today's Mock Draft Monday will be a little bit different. Uh, we started, if you haven't heard, we started on last week's episode, was a free agent Friday. Make sure you go back and check that out, where we used Fanspeak's Ultimate GM app, and you can go through and you can pick who you want to cut, who you want to release for the cap savings. Who do you want to extend? We slapped the franchise tag on A.J. Green. We extended Tyler Eifert. We, ex- we extended Clayton Fedulum, Nick Vigil, uh, Andrew Billings, and Darquez Denard. We still had about $50 million to spend after that. And then we went for uh, start the top shelf guard, uh, um, linebacker, I'm sorry, we got a backup linebacker and a backup quarterback before free agency was over. We tried for a few other positions, but we didn't get them. Mainly like a, a um, rotational defensive lineman, uh, a corner. It, you know, you get some of your offers turned down. So we got Joe Tooney at left guard. We paid him a lot of money. 
Corey Littleton at linebacker paid him $15 million a year, which is going to be definitely the going rate for a coverage quick linebacker like that. Nick Kwiatkowski, who's been a sometime starter for the Chicago Bears, but I've liked him, and I think he can come in, and at the very least, we're going to figure out what this position looks like in, in this unit as a whole, and maybe he starts, maybe he just comes in as the Vinny Ray type where you can play every position. And then Tyrod Taylor is the backup quarterback behind. Well, we're going to get to that pick, right? And we cut, um, obviously, Cordy Glenn and and uh, Andy Dalton, and there was a couple other low-level guys that to save some money. But So here we are now. That's where the roster sits. And we're going to go back to Fanspeak now and use that roster. And we're going to do our mock draft Monday. And we're going to draft. And I don't know if that's going to change anything. I don't think there's anything you can do in free agency to change the number one pick. We've debated it before, whether or not... could. Let's say they could get a Drew Brees and Tom Brady. And we'll have a longer discussion on that. But even then, would you not take Joe Burrow? Because of those guys, because of the age, right? You would have to consider even the opportunity to take Burrow. The only other guy really is Teddy Bridgewater, who is young and who is good. But, again, I think I'm taking Joe Burrow every time. So, I'm on fanspeak.com, and we're on the Mock Draft Simulator. We have the premium access. Thank you to Fanspeak. We're using Matt Miller's board over at Bleacher Report. Matt Miller's a good dude. Does a good job. This board was updated on January 11th, so we're pretty close here. And we're going to start it off right away. And for the first time, we're getting offered resources or the option to trade down. And the first one here is from the Cleveland Browns. And they'll give us their first pick, number 10, third pick, number 10, the third round, another third round, number 26, and seventh round, number 22. So that's to move back all the way to 10. No thank you, not even close. But the LA Chargers, who own the sixth pick, are offering their first round pick, their second round pick, their third round pick, and their fourth round pick. That's a lot of top 10 premium picks for each of the top four rounds. Still, even with that, I am turning it down. We had this question on Mailbag Monday. I mean, not Monday. Whatever that was, Mailbag Wednesday. And we, uh, and I said five first-round picks. So even the Chargers here would have to give up next year's first and second for me to even start to be intrigued by that offer. It's, it's interesting, but I'm not. that's as far as I'm going. Uh, so I am going to decline those offers. And as I'm on the board, and the number one player is Joe Burrow, and that's obviously where we're going to go. So number one pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow, as expected. We are going to differ from the path eventually. We're not doing it right now because I want to finish this offseason, this this free agency path we took, and draft differently. Because now when we go into the second round, I'm not sure we need that left guard to start. We may be able to look at a right tackle that can battle Bobby Hart. We may be able to look. We can look at a right guard that can battle John Miller. So we're at the point of upgrading, and that's what free agency is good for, because you can fill these holes, and then when you get to the draft, you're not forced to draft a guard. We could draft a wide receiver. We could draft a corner. We could draft a safety. We could draft a defensive tackle. It opens it up completely because you're not forced to fill these holes. As we sit right now after free agency, there isn't a, a a deep hole anywhere on this roster. It's really, we could like a few upgrades at, at some positions. And we start looking at 2021, 2022 needs and holes. And you start to fill those now, or, or at least get in line for that. So we're, let's recap what happened in the first round a little bit here, just to see if there's anything interesting that went down. Of course, Burrow won, Chase Young number two. I think that's all expected. 
I think number three here is something we may see as draft season approaches and as we start to get familiarized with some of these top guys. The Detroit Lions at number three take Derek Brown. That's the defensive tackle from Auburn. The man is really, really good. I could see him working out perfectly there for them, even though they've drafted some D tackles uh, of late. Andrew Thomas goes as the top tackle, number four overall to the New York Giants, and tackle comes back, Tristan Wirfs to the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tungavaloa goes number six to the LA Chargers. Now this is probably uh, because this is a wave of where the Chargers weren't able to trade up. The ripple effect is that they take a quarterback at number six instead, and they get Tua. Justin Herbert follows directly after that, number seven to the Carolina Panthers. I think this is very realistic so far. Followed by A.J. Espenza, defensive end to the Cardinals, C.D. Lamb, number nine to the Jaguars, and to round out the top ten, who did the Browns take when they offered that pick? Who Maybe who would have been there for us? It's linebacker Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, who, if you're watching that championship game, Isaiah Simmons is the man. He's all over the place. So a couple other guys that... Uh, stand out to me, and they all do at this point. We're starting to learn the names. Henry Ruggs, Grant Delpit, Jerry Judy. So all of this is where I'd expect it. The weird one is Jeffrey Okuda. Doesn't go until the 18th pick. Sometimes these mock drafts are weird. Sometimes you can fantasize that maybe he ran a 4-6 at the combine, and someone's like, oh, no, we can't take him top 10 anymore. I don't expect that to happen. One of the second-round options I would for, for me, is T. Higgins, wide receiver at Clemson. He goes to the Buffalo Bills at 22. I think that's a great pick. Javon Kinlaw, defensive lineman, goes to the Saints at 24. Jacob Eason goes to the Dolphins with the 26th pick. That's the quarterback out of Washington. Big arm, uh, makes some fun plays, but, man, he's a lot missing in, in and out of his uh, routine or it, it, out of his uh, structure. Linebacker Kenneth Murray goes to the Baltimore Ravens at 28. Because, of course, he does. Because, of course, they are going to ruin everything fun for us. But J.K. Dobbins goes number 31. So, you Ohio State fans can look at that. We'll jump right into round two and see what is on the board and reset the board. And before you hear from Joe for the second round of Mock Draft Monday, remember, we've got a deal for you. Through Echelon, the competitor to Peloton, the cheaper option to get in shape in 2020. You don't have to join a gym. You don't have to pay a ton. Get great fitness equipment. Go to echelonfit.com and discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes. High quality at-home cycling experience for less than half the price of a Peloton bike. Beautifully engineered products for everyone. Busy parents, first responders, elite athletes. And if you aren't 100% qualified, you'll get your money back. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L to learn about their limited time free Apple iPad offer and get full details for this offer just through our podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. Want to go see your Cincinnati Reds this spring during spring training? Well, Arizona is a great place to go. Not only see baseball, but to see everything else. And if you go down there and go down for the Cactus League, they've got 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. 
Yeah, you can go down and see your Reds in Goodyear Park down there. Or maybe, we've talked about it before, you're into the craft beer. They've got Four Peaks, Angel's Trumpet Ale House, Goldwater Brewing Company, all known for great beer. Or maybe you're into hiking. Maybe you want to get out in the desert for the numerous national parks down there. Go up to the Grand Canyon. And if you do the canyon, make sure you bring enough water because it's the way back. Unlike most hikes, that's challenging. It's easy going down, hard coming up. Kind of the opposite of the Bengals. We had a hard time with this bad year, and we're going to come up next year. So go on down to Arizona. Take yourself a little spring break. Plan your getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. As expected, withholding the number 33 pick, we've get, we're getting offers for a trade-back scenario. And I think that's... When people are, are excited about the number one pick, the other little, you know, underlying tone was, hey, that number 33 pick is really nice, too. It's almost like a first-rounder. And it is. There's a lot of first-rounders still on the board. But the, you always get offers. You see, so often you hear it on after day one to day two when teams reset their board, they're going to get flooded with offers because there's, there's going to be somebody that's still, like, top 12 on, on other teams' board that's still there. And if he's on your board, you may not trade back. You may say, no, no, that's the guy we had at number 14 overall. We're, we're going to take him. But if you're looking at it as the number 25, 26, 27, and 28 guy are still there and someone else wants to offer you a, a few picks, well, that changes everything, right? So let's look and see what the offers here. Number one is from the Arizona Cardinals, and they're offering up their second-round pick, obviously. That's number eighth overall. We're sitting at number one overall in round two. And they'll give us the third round pick, number eight overall. I think that's fair compensation, but we have another offer here. And it's from the Miami Dolphins. And it's to move back to number seven in the second round. And they'll give us another second round pick, number 24 overall. Now, the hard part here is I can't see the board while I'm doing this. I'd like to like put this down real fast and let me see if I can just look at the board and, and get my mind right, whether it's worthy to take the top player on the board or take this trade back. Because I think the Dolphins' offer here is pretty nice. So I can see the board, and as I'm looking at it, the top player using Matt Miller's board is the 21st-ranked player. But it's a running back, DeAndre Swift. I wonder if the Dolphins are moving up for a running back, because for me, the next guy is 28, 29, and 30, 31. So right where you expect it to be. And it's a safety, Xavier McKinley, tight end Cole Met. Safety, Ashton Davis. And then you get a linebacker edge type guy, Zach Braun, who I would be interested in. You got wide receivers. You got running backs again, corners, running back, wide receiver. So you get to that range where, yeah, you could be in a position. I think the only guys that I'd be afraid of losing out right now are Makai Becton at offensive tackle. I think some of the receivers I'd be really interested in. Maybe it's uh, Jalen Rager from TCU. Could it be... I guess Zach Braun at linebacker I would be interested in. The other linebacker is Malik Harrison at uh, from Ohio State. So all those guys are ranked in the 40s and 50s, though. So maybe we can trade back with the Dolphins and accumulate another second-round pick. I say we do it. I say let's, let's do something a little bit different now, and we'll try and see if we can accept that pick. So we accept Miami's offer. We will start the round now and let them make their selection. And they, right off the bat, are taking Zach Braun, the edge linebacker, and from there, it goes Jordan Love to the Colts, Julian Aquara to the Detroit Lions, who are going heavy on defensive line, K.J. Hamler, wide receiver, Mekhi Becton goes to the Chargers, and that's one I think I would have picked, and Jeff Gladney 
goes to there's a corner goes to the Carolina Panthers. So now we're resetting the board and we're looking at it, and it's still DeAndre Swift there as the top guy. Basically, all the top guys are still there. They didn't go based on need. So we're left looking at the board and looking at the top of the board and wondering if there is uh, just an option to upgrade. I think Tyler Beatus from Wisconsin is a very, very good center prospect. Do I keep him at center or move Trey Hopkins to guard? And Trey Hopkins fights with right guard. Uh, John Miller, I think you upgrade that position completely if you do so. Do you go with the top tight end and say, hey, we can't count on Eifert. We really don't have that number one tight end. Let's give the all the weapons to um, to Joe Burrow at this point. I think you can make a strong case for that. I think you can go with a, an upside tackle also in, in a lot of ways. And one of them for me is Lucas Nyang out of TCU. Uh, Prince Tega Wanaago from Auburn. And there's a couple other guys down further, but I think they'll probably be third-round picks, whether that's Trey Adams out of Washington, who I really like. Again, I think Trey Adams is going to, not maybe not an Andre Dillard t- type, uh, all the way to the first round where we were talking about him at number 11 last year, but I think he's going to move up a lot, and especially uh, after the combine. So the idea, I'm reminded as I sit there, or the idea here was to take someone near the top of the board and worry about, your needs later because we filled a lot of these needs in free agency. We actually don't need a linebacker right now because we went out and got and signed a guy. We don't need a left guard because we went out and signed a guy. Uh, so I think we can come back and take a, a developmental tackle with the next pick. I'm going to say let's stay at the, near the top of the board. And let's take a depth position, but a guy that could start maybe down the line this year, maybe into the future. And I'm going to go with Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama. McKinney is a two-year starter. He's coming out as an underclassman, declaring after his junior season and and foregoing his his senior year. For the last two years of starting, he has over 100 tackles. He's got six sacks, five interceptions, two return touchdowns, one fumble recovery, uh, six forced fumbles. He had two forced fumbles last year, four forced fumbles this year. He was the MVP of the Orange Bowl last season in 2018. Uh, McKinney is a... I think he can play free and strong. He's one of those guys you don't have to worry about. So when I, I take him, and this is after two years of Bates, uh, Williams, who I like still, but you know I think the Bengals are gonna, could go to a more three-safety look, and that was Brandon Wilson this year. They used a little bit of Clayton Fedulum. I think you can definitely upgrade from those guys with McKinney right away, but what you're doing is you're securing the future of hopefully Bates and McKinney back there, and you've got two guys that are versatile, that can run, that can cover, and that can make plays on the football. So for me, I'm, it's a depth move, and I'm coming back and taking a defender after taking Joe Burrow with that pick. And we've got the 24th pick in the second round still coming up. And there really wasn't anybody that went, I think, that I would have loved to have taken um, in between these picks. Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety is like the next guy I would have considered if I was staying at safety and, and going from there. So looking at the top of the board, running back, again, just screaming at you. Do you want to take a running back that could likely give you the production that you get from Joe Mixon and you just say, we're not going to pay Mixon $12 million and we're going to pay Joe Tooney and, and Corey Littleton instead? I think that'd be the smart thing to do is take a second-round running back here. Najee Harris is still on the board from Alabama. Travis Etienne from Clemson is still here. I'd be, I feel insane not to do it. Chubba Hubbard, I mean, it just starts to to pile up here of second-round guys that I think are going to be really, really freaking good. And it's very hard for me to not take, like, a Travis Etienne right now. And I'm not going to do it because people's heads are going to explode. I think instead I should come back to the offensive line 
and be smart about this and say, okay, we're taking a depth guy from going forward in the future that's going to, I don't know if he's going to start at right guard this year. I don't know if he's going to start at center this year, whatever the case may be, if we're going to move Hopkins. But uh, Beattis is still there, Tyler Beattis out of Wisconsin, and he's number 56 on the board. So I'm bypassing a few running backs that are ranked in the 30s and 40s. And as we sit here with the 56 pick, one for one here, going Tyler Beattis, the center, and I think he plays some guard from Wisconsin. So there you have it. Those are the the three picks for the first two rounds, and that's how I was, I was attempting to go. Maybe, I, you know what? We are here. Let's do bonus, bonus mock draft Monday. I'm hitting the button here. Let's just see who's here because we own the first pick in the third round. We'd be silly not to at least look at it, right? Let's let's do this. And you know what? Travis Etienne is still there, so I am doing it. And we are getting a haul of a, of a draft here. And let's do it. Travis Etienne, I'm declining all offers. Hang on there. They're trying, they're trying to get me out of here. Travis Etienne, oh my lord, this is going down. I wish I'd have got a receiver somewhere, but uh, that's fine with me. So Joe Burrow, Xavier McKinney, safety, Tyler Beatus, center, and Travis Etienne, running back. Oh my, this offense just got retooled big time. And remember, this is with us signing Joe Tooney and Corey Littleton. So guard, linebacker are set. We started the draft this way with some home run hitters and some playmakers. I'm really excited about this one. This is this is how it should be done. It gives you the freedom to draft these guys that at safety and at running back that maybe you wouldn't do if you didn't go into free agency and get some starters. So that's that's what you got to look out for, guys. As free agency rolls around, we'll do more of that this coming week as we look at the teams that have failed in the playoffs and their free agents and their, their guys that maybe uh, could be of interest to the Bengals as we head into March in the new league year. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds' hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020 and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.